following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. How's it going, everybody? It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys. Once again, a little bit early on this Thursday as Thursday and Fridays. From now on, we will be going at 9.15, thanks to Mike McCarthy's press conference, coming up a little bit later on in the morning. But we are Talking Cowboys Happy October, October, everybody. It's now September has ended. We've moved into October. It's officially football season. At least for those of you who are up here with us in North Texas, it's not football weather yet, but we're getting there. But we're into October, and if you want to have some encouragement today, Mike McCarthy has had a fantastic record in the month of October, 32-15 and 15 in his career in October. So hopefully that's some good juju heading in the way of the Dallas Cowboys as we head into this next couple of games. I'm Kyle Yeomans uh, alongside as well Rob Phillips. Heckma Harrison and our resident Super Bowl champion Isaiah Stanback and guys, it's it's nice that it is October. I'm waiting for the cool air to kind of finally make its way to North Texas, but uh, I, we haven't had that opportunity yet, unfortunately. But one thing we have have uh, had the opportunity of is seeing a little bit of an injury report from yesterday's game. We mentioned how, or yesterday's practice rather, we mentioned how we weren't necessarily going to get that for the the Wednesday show. But now, as we're in the Thursday show, Rob, what have you seen from the injury report, and what stuck out to you from yesterday's practice? <laughs> the fact that they don't have injured reserve guys on the injury report, you look at it and you're like, man, the Cowboys look pretty healthy. Like, yeah. They look good. They only got three guys on there. Um, they got more problems than just that. However, uh, some progress with Tyron Smith yeah. uh, with the neck injury. He didn't officially practice, but he did get some individual work done. Uh, as of Wednesday, Mike McCarthy said he's not cleared for full contact yet. So I would imagine today, although he's a vet, and he can play on short notice, I would imagine today is very important to see what he can do just because uh, it's their last big work day of the week. And um, so that's the one to really keep an eye on. Also, Demarcus Lawrence did not practice with the knee that he's been managing and probably just trying to manage him to get to the game, I would imagine. And uh, Trayvon Diggs also on that injury report, although he was a full participant. You find it encouraging. Did not like that DMP next to. I did not like that DMP next to uh, Tank Lawrence's name, man. That took all the pumpkin spice out of the air for me. <laughs> okay, so you don't find that encouraging. <laughs> that that, that I, is what my question was going to be. Is that is that not an encouraging <laughs> thing with the did not practice because of the fact that he may just be looking for the game? But once again, it kind of goes back to last week. We thought the same thing, and he didn't really have a really a huge impact in week three. Hmm. Well, I think it's impactful that he's obviously not practicing, but look at the game, man. Tank is, as much as people are down on him about not getting to the quarterback, he's doing a lot of other things at the defensive line, and all 22 has blessed us with the ability to go back and slow-mo a lot of these things to show the effectiveness of Tank 
in the run. And so I'm just looking for a guy like Tank to get healthy uh, because we know he we need him going down the stretch. But right now, just these early injury bugs that's hitting uh, the Cowboys, man, it's, it's not a good sign for us. Isaiah, whenever it comes to having guys that are trying to get back and trying to rehab and trying to to work on specifically a knee injury, and we're talking in the case of Demarcus Lawrence here, is that one of the tougher parts of the body, at least to, to rehab? I know really any in NFL injury is going to be a significant NFL injury. There's no such thing as a small one. But whenever you talk about the knee specifically, is that a tougher region of the body to, to heal and to rehab more efficiently moving into the week? Uh, I believe so. I guess in its totality, I mean, it really depends on what, what he's dealing with, right? Obviously, we're not going to get the, the real scoop. They're going to keep that close to their chest. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it really depends on what, how, 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 how traumatic it really is, whatever he's dealing with. So, I mean, it can be ailing. I can mention that. Um, obviously, being that you need your legs for every position in this sport, um, and especially at the position that he plays because it is so much more demanding of a position, right? He's pushing against people who weigh more than him every single play, um, which cause, obviously, you know, causes stress on the knee he's also coming out as explosively as he can which obviously puts the most amount of stress on the knee um and then he's going to be facing offenses where guess what everybody knows he has knee issues people aren't in the game to necessarily try to hurt you but if they have an advantage guys will definitely as a running back they'll try to take your knees out to guess what to make you think twice about rushing at the speed in which you're capable of so um it's definitely a concern it's not something that you want to see they are going to do everything they can like i said the cowboys um they probably have the best training staff that i i encountered um and they probably have the best training staff in the league with all the guys <laughs> they have there so he's in he's in more than more than good care um but it's definitely something that, that's concerning especially when you're one and two and you need this w Isaiah, you sound like a, a doctor, man. Hey, I, unfortunately, I know too much about the body. Unfortunately, <laughs> when we were when we were up here filming the the film study session for Academy earlier in the week, uh, one of the biggest things that Isaiah was saying is like, "Man, I wish this was not COVID times." I would walk over and say hi to to all the training staff. He's like, "I'd I'd go and say hi to Brett Brown and and say hi to these guys because you you knew them well enough." And I guess that's uh, something that a lot of players have the yeah. opportunity to 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 know those guys and, and be able to get to have those those relationships and Isaiah is one of those but uh, yeah whenever we're talking about the the injuries and Rob mentioned this a minute ago when you look at the injury report Cleveland puts all of their guys on there so really the injury report it's a couple names of the Cowboys and then it's just a hefty list of Cleveland Browns following it and it makes it look like oh wow the Cowboys are relatively healthy as we all know that's not necessarily it's the, the New case. England approach it is the New England approach <laughs> but the New England approach man it's also not the case from the Cowboys perspective because of all the players on injury reserve which there are quite a few close to uh close to a dozen players on injured reserve right now but uh of course the offensive line is banged up as we preview today the Cowboys offense versus the Cleveland defense and and I want to start in the trenches I want to start there because I really think that's where this game can be won for the Dallas Cowboys is the fact that your offensive line yes it's banged up you have both tackles out potentially Lyle Collins is seemingly is not making his return this week he hasn't returned the practice or been taken off of IR. Tyron Smith trying to get back into the groove, but still questionable as we head into week four. But whenever it comes to Brandon Knight, 
whenever it comes to Terrence Steele, they're going to have those matchups that they dread, really, from a, an offensive tackle standpoint. Miles Garrett looking on the other side. And, Heckma, I know you've done the film work throughout the first couple of days. Tell me what you've seen from Miles Garrett, and is there a way that we have Brandon Knight or Terrence Steele in a position where they could stop him at any point this week? Oh, God. Another week, another dog. And that is what Miles Garrett is. Miles Garrett in high school, man, he played like one of those guys from your neighborhood that didn't get to come outside a lot. He nope. plays with a lot of energy and he is running hard all the time. And now he's just transitioned from Texas A&M all the way now to the Cleveland Browns. And his ability to get around the get around that curve and, and bend and his power at the point of attack is is amazing. And what I what I really worry about is him stunting uh, towards some guys that may need some help at the guard position. Uh, but he doesn't just want to get your sack your quarterback. He wants to sack him. He wants to strip the ball. He wants to create that fumble. And he's better than a lot of people in the league at doing that. But another name on this defensive front that really worries me is is Adrian Claiborne. And uh, Rob, you know about our history with this guy. And so uh, I know a little got, bit. Yeah, no, know a little bit about him. So, I mean, I think we got him some some dollars in the bank uh, one game that he played against us. But this is just going to be one of those matchups. And we're, I know, uh, Isaiah, we're going to talk about the, the, the Sheldon Richardson's of the world and all the guys that we have in, in the interior line for the Browns. But the Browns have. They're pretty stout up front. And so, again, our offensive line is going to have to take the battle uh, to another defensive front. Isaiah? Uh, yeah, Kyle, man, we touched on it. We touched on it in the film room the other day, right? Um, and, and talking about this defensive line uh, and their defensive ends and how, how they play these guys. I mean, this defense, they want to play a base defense. They want to go 4-3 on you all day long. They, they are going to sit in that box and they're going to say, hey, Come at me, bro. You know, as we've been saying. So, I mean, these guys are stout. Uh, they're strong up front. We mentioned yesterday on the show how they're strong right now where we're weak right now. So this offensive line in the trenches, as you mentioned, Kyle, is going to be tough because they do have some dogs. And, they, you know, they have guys like, you know, Garrett. They have guys like Richardson. You know, they have Clay, but They have these guys that are high-motor guys. It's not even so much that they're necessarily just all-out dogs. It's just that it's more dangerous sometimes to play just high-motor guys because they don't stop. Right. And, it, and it's coming in a wave like the, all of them, whoever's in the game for them right now is just going. Right. And I mean, they have I think they have eight sacks on the year. Right. Which is them, they're 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 coming. Um, so they're dangerous, man. They're dangerous. And um, it, it, like I said, I think the biggest challenge I know we've talked a lot about our interior linemen um, as of late because they just haven't been that great. But mm -hmm. these tackles, man, they're going to be on an island and it ain't Revis's island. These boys are going to be out there by themselves. And, you know, we're going to really see what these guys can and can't do. They've been helped out a lot over these first few games. This game, they're going to be one on one by themselves and not only them, but the guards as well because of how wide these guys play uh, on a defensive line. They play four eyes. So the, the defensive tackles on third down like to line up on the outside shoulder of the guards well not only that then the defensive end likes lining up two to you know one or two one to three yards outside of your outside of your 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 tackle or your tight end so everybody's going to be on an island they're going to be by themselves this is one-on-one -on -one drills in practice this is not going to be a, a collaborative effort on the offensive line you know we've been talking the last couple days about zach martin and and where he should play to mm -hmm. give the line the best chance and he said on conference call yesterday he said he expects to play guard, go back to his normal spot. 
Uh, and the more, to y'all's point, the more you watch the Cleveland Browns on tape, you could put him anywhere and there's going to be a matchup problem somewhere else, potentially, uh, yeah. because of, of their stout front four. And it's one of those front fours where they don't really have to blitz much. They, they've, got, they've got four guys up front that can get to the quarterback. And uh, you guys mentioned Garrett. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Olivier Vernon. He's been banged up. And, mm-hmm. and like Heck said, we might see Adrian Claiborne, which will uh, you know, cause some goosebumps for Cowboys <laughs> fans based on 2017. Um, but the interior defensive line, Ojinobi, I hope I, I pronounced his name correctly, is, is really stout against the run. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. Can the Cowboys establish their run against this interior Browns defensive front? Because they do get up the field. They do have high motor guys, and they're able to, to, to affect teams that way. And we've talked about it for a few days now. Uh, the Cowboys need more balance than they had on Sunday in Seattle. It's just, you know, they, they've got to get Zeke more involved. Some of it was, okay, they're going to load up to stop us. They're going to blitz safeties and linebackers. Okay, we're going to, we're going to try to uh, expose things in the passing game. Uh, but you, you'd like to think Zeke can get more involved than he was in week three. Well, in this defensive but line do you, do you is... Guys, truly, do you guys think he can? I'm sorry, Kyle. No, go for it, Isaiah. I, I was going to ask if you guys think that he really can because, I mean, we all know in this league, once you put something on tape, like it's going to, like the next team is like, oh, let's get her done, right? So the Seattle show, we, we talked about it prior to the game, and then Seattle went out there and showed it that they weren't going to let Zeke get off, right? They weren't going to let Zeke get off. Hey, Dak, you're going to have to throw your way to a victory. And, yeah. and, he, and he almost did, right? He almost did. Um, but I think teams feel more secure forcing Dak to throw the ball versus letting Zeke eat on the ground because – there's there's less it's, it's it's a high it's a higher percentage play right handing the ball off and letting him run is a higher percentage play so it's probably going to be more effective so how about we just put a stop to that and let this guy see if he could throw it around I I honestly think they're going to get a, a heavy dose of what they saw last week against Seattle except for what Rob mentioned they, this team doesn't have to blitz to get pressure yeah we're probably well, not going to s- agree with you uh, I, I I think you pointed that out you pointed that out last week against Seattle uh, saying that they were going to sell out to stop Zeke. And what did they do? They sold out to stop Zeke. And and, and the film is out there. And Ogunjobi, uh, Rob, is he's a run stuffer for real. Yeah. And he's a kind and he's the kind of guy that will move around a lot on that Cleveland Browns line. But what one thing that I'm noticing is teams, every time the Cowboys spread them out or go trips, formations, they automatically are blitzing. Uh, the Cowboys. I'll, I mean, it's like they abandon everything once we go into trips because our trips formations are really dangerous once we set a tight end or uh, all three of our great receivers together. And so the teams understand what we're trying to do and just getting that balance it back into the fold for the running game this week is something that's going to be necessary for us because once we become predictable, I think that's when that's when things kind of go out of whack for our offense. But, you know, it does bring up the question, you know, when this offensive line has been at their absolute best and dominant, it doesn't it didn't really matter how many guys are in the box, seven, eight. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they could still run Zeke and Zeke could still eat. And, and I think I think he's such a great running back. I think he still can. Uh, but they've been so compromised with their with their front. You know, I, I, th- that push has got to be there. And I think at times at times it hasn't been to, to Isaiah's point, And that takes away from. You know, really, what their identity's been the last few years. I mean, Dak Dak has progressed as a passer. We know that. Uh, but when he's throwing 
30 times as opposed to 45 they're they're just in better shape he's in better shape it helps him out they get the play action going they're able to 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 move safeties off spots and things like that so they've got to try to get back to that it is a tough matchup up front though this week it's a matchup against a defensive line that you want your defensive line to look like, where you've got two guys in the middle in Ojinobi and, and also Sheldon Richards, uh, Richardson right there in the middle that are pushing 300 pounds, that are run stuffers, that are still going to be able to provide you a little bit of pass rush. But then you have those athletic ends, the, the Miles Garretts, the Olivier Vernon, and if not Olivier Vernon, then you've got Adrian Claiborne on the edge that are very athletic, they're slim, they're, they're, they're fast, and they get home very quickly. Those are the, the type of pass rushers you're going up against. By the way, Miles Garrett, 33 and a half sacks throughout his career. That's the second most by an active player in their first 40 games or less in their career. I believe, I haven't double-checked this yet, but I believe that other player is Alden Smith because of what he did early in his career in his yes. first 40 games. I believe it's Alden Smith. I'll double-check that and come back tomorrow with a, an head, absolute answer. Head, 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 head. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but even if you don't see Olivier Vernon, you're going to see an Adrian Claiborne. You're going to see maybe even a Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson, of course, who was with the Cowboys throughout training camp and was plucked up off of waivers on September 6th. He's played a, a multitude of snaps through the first three weeks of the season and has actually played well and has had a couple uh, key plays in both the wins against the Bengals and a win against Washington as well. So that's going to be a key matchup. Before we take our first break, really quickly though, in that interior of the offensive line, We've heard some rumblings. We've heard the rumors. We saw what we saw in terms of 52 offensive snaps in week three. But is Tyler Biotish, the rookie center out of Wisconsin, potentially going to see a start this week whenever it comes to this offensive line, trying to shake things up and move into uh, week four against the Browns here? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, at least. I mean, he's one of those – he's another one of those great Wisconsin offensive linemen, and we've, we've had a few uh, – one of those. And, uh, and hey, look, Biotis did not play bad at all. I mean, he showed a lot of power uh, also at the center position. So we know that we're just – the time clock for him to actually take over that position has, has started. So mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if, if Tyler started the game this Sunday at AT&T Stadium. Against Sheldon Richardson? Yep. It wouldn't surprise. You got to put him in there sometime. We cannot hide him. You know it. Come on now, Isaiah. You don't get a red shirt here in the NFL. So you, we got to see what you got. That's what can, it is. Can, can, you get a red, can you get a red shirt game? No. <laughs> no. You can't get a red shirt five? game. Hey, it's the no, man. You, you want to put him in. You want to find the perfect time, Isaiah. There are no perfect times. Hey, hey, he didn't hey, have a preseason. You got to hey, feed him. You got to put we, him in there. We dog. have. All I'm going to say is I think he played well last week. Mm-hmm. To throw him in there against this interior defensive line is very similar to throwing Trevon Diggs against Julio Jones and DK Metcalf. I'm just saying. You got to do it. Like you I said many it. times, trial by fire or trial by death. And Shutter Richardson, <laughs> <laughs> Shutter Richardson no. sees a rookie at center. Oh, my gosh. That's, and that's what we're going to have to deal with. The, the, the Cowboys can't hide any of these guys. Whatever the weaknesses are, it's already on tape. You see it. And so we have got to get this rookie. We got to get him the reps. We weren't able to get it to him in preseason. And if Looney is giving up space or not able to hold ground or anchor himself in that offensive line, and the tape is there on that, yep. it doesn't matter if you have 
a, a rookie in there or a loony. The results are still the same. So we can't just continue to wait. You can't continue to wait to see who's going to take the helm and be the lead dog. We got to say, hey, man, this is your chance. We'll see if you got it or else, man, we just going to start looking on the street for one. Hey, looking on the street this offseason obviously did some doggone well because he's the best player on the defense right now. So that might not be yep. a bad option. That's Hello. true. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Yeah, no, I, I kind of tend to lean on the side of Heckma here. I, I tend to lean on, hey, let's give the rookie a shot. We've seen on film that really it hasn't been it with Joe Looney in the middle. And maybe you even slide him out to guard and you slide Martin out the tackle like we talked about last week and like we saw last week. You don't even have to do that. I'd be okay with Tyler Biotis coming in there. Y'all really are ruthless, do. man. Isaiah, Y'all are ruthless, we man. Isaiah, Isaiah, hey, you want to – he won. He won. He won the Remington Trophy or whatever, right? right? So you know, <laughs> come on, dog. But Isaiah, you want to swaddle these guys? You want to put them in no, swaddling no, 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 clothes no, 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 and a little no, cap no. on? I'm not just talking about them. No, no, no. <laughs> hold on. Let me help you understand. I'm not going to swaddle. I know Rob got the swaddle all the way down right now. I love swaddle. that word. Yeah, good word. <laughs> there. I am not only just concerned about these guys and their feelings and all that kind of stuff. I'm concerned about what happens. Who you're trying to protect, right? right. Of if course. you put a rookie out there against Sheldon Richardson, against Sheldon Richardson, he is going to have a field day. I'm Let's just see. telling you. And if he has a field day, then guess who's not going to be very happy, physically and mentally. It's going to be the dude that you guys are trying to pay, Dak. Right. So you, it's not just a matter of these guys getting out there and oh, they got to learn at some time. It's like no, be very careful about who you put them out mm-hmm. there to learn against because. You can't help them this week. The way that this defensive line plays, they literally put all the offensive linemen on an island. It's not your typical defensive line. They they run all kinds of different for um um they line up all kinds of different different ways yeah. to to create this separation. I mean, these guys are spreading 15 yards across the field now with the defensive linemen. So these guys aren't going to have the interior help. Biotis wouldn't have Looney or Martin. They wouldn't have those guys next to them to help and, and you know, and assist in some of these blocks. It's going to be man to man. So if, right. they get, if they get beat on the interior line, it's going to be a straight line shot straight to deck. I would lean towards experience here, too. Yeah. But, hey, Mike McCarthy said they're going to work multiple combinations in practice. He's going to be as vague as possible. And I guess we'll find out at noon on Sunday. No, I, I wish this might have been a debate I would have started with. I didn't realize we were so split based on <laughs> who's going to play the center position come Sunday. I didn't realize Biotis versus Looney was going to really divide us as much. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the wide receivers. And, of course, the Cowboys having some success at that spot. No surprise to anybody in the NFL with the personnel that they have there. But we're also going to talk about how susceptible is this Brown secondary I think very susceptible, and we're going to talk about that next when we come back on the other side of the break here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment here of Talking Cowboys, week four, episode four. Happy October, everybody. I'm live from inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio, staying socially distant at the moment with Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and guys. If you're going to the stadium this weekend, I don't know if any of you guys are, but make sure you know before you go, wear wear a mask, keep that distance, and be prepared for the cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT AT&T Stadium. Be sure to visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. Stay safe, stay distant, stay loud whenever it comes to the Dallas Cowboys taking on these Cleveland Browns this week. They're going to have to... uh, have to get a win to get back to 2 and 2 and I don't know. I mean if they don't get a W this weekend and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, it may start to be the uh the panic time, but with this division being as bad as it is, I still don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't think that's the case just yet. I really don't. But I I think you can get a win this weekend and one of the reasons why is because of just how susceptible This secondary is against what is still, in my opinion, the best wide receiving core in the NFL. The first time in Cowboys franchise history they've had four 100-yard game receivers in one season, which is crazy because they've done it over the span of two weeks. They had Michael Gallup. Uh, and Cedric Wilson this past weekend against Seattle. The week prior against Atlanta, it was Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. That's the only time in Cowboys history that they've had four different 100-yard receivers in a single season at any point, which is crazy to me. But they're going to continue that success against what is Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell, Greedy Williams, who's been banged up a little bit on the Cleveland Browns side of things. But Isaiah, when you look at this matchup between the receivers and this Cleveland secondary, is there anything that catches your eye in terms of how the Cowboys can take advantage? Um, it's this. I mean, we, this is going to be real short, Kyle. These, these guys are not impressive in the secondary, and I and I think it's not even because of the personnel. I think it's more so because of the scheme that the, the defensive coordinator is playing with them. He is so confident in their front seven 
that he he believes that he can get home at any time. Mm, um, so, yeah. so I think, I mean, even when you look at some of their base defenses versus uh, 11 personnel, they don't always adjust. Uh, they don't always adjust a nickel. They'll leave their base defense in there a lot of times, and their linebackers are expected to go out there and cover slot receivers. So this should be a dog on field day um, for our for our offense and the receivers. They should eat more than they've eaten any other week. Um, the, the only downside of that is you know you have to really abandon the run uh, in order to do so. So um, these guys they should they should kill this secondary all day long. Rob, do you agree? Please. Yeah, I, th- I mean, there's no question the strength of, the, of Cleveland's defense is up front. And, and part of it, too, with Cleveland in the back end is, is the injuries they've had. You know, Grant Delpit was a guy mm. I just, you know, I loved coming out of LSU. He's out for the season. Greedy Williams has yet to play, I think, this year, uh, but he's getting healthier. And Denzel Ward, who did a nice job, was effective against A.J. Green in the Cincinnati game, has been banged up, too. So they've, they've got some injuries. Um, Isaiah's... <laughs> You got me nervous on the. Oh well, we got to abandon the run maybe to do it, but you know I, that I didn't. I, hate that. I, I didn't have a huge problem with part of that game plan against Seattle because if you love your matchups on the outside, go for it. You know, uh, it's just the volume of of times you're having to to pass protect with a banged up offensive line, and for me, it, it goes back to you know taking care of the football and making sure that you're not. Uh, putting your defense already in a tougher position than they already are. How do you do that? Run the ball. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the uh, elixir uh, for all that. So when Isaiah says abandon the run, that I get that mystery meat feeling again, fellas. I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, but the, uh, the, not, the, not the, not the bubble the, guts, bubble, I mean, because I don't, I don't want to see – I don't – look, man – for the last three weeks, this has been a wild ride as mm. a Cowboy fan. It's just watching these games. It, it's like, man, I need a pacemaker. And it's the, the back and forth and just the, the continuity of our offense and the rhythm of it just doesn't seem to be there. And I hate going back to the Seattle game, but I have to. At the end of the second, end of the second half uh, of the turnover uh, for Dak, it, the to Amari Cooper. It was a play where, where Amari Cooper didn't come off the line for a whole second. Now, I've watched a lot of football. I, I don't know of any routes that start that way, especially a post route, which Isaiah, you know, as a former quarterback, is a timing route. Timing. It, yep. It's all about timing. And so it's just those little things that the Cowboys are doing to beat themselves. When you bring in Cleveland, we ought to feast on this team because if they're going to load the box up against us and these receivers, Dak should throw for, uh, let's say, 300 yards. So if we say 300 yards, that means he doesn't throw the ball 57 times. But at least that's loosening that defense up and making them do something that they don't want to do. Last week, man, they had the gift that keeps on giving, and that's Dwayne Haskins for the Washington football team. He was a turnover machine. Once they went from two safeties high to one safety high, he could not figure out what they were doing, and he was just throwing into coverage. Dak isn't going to do that, and how you don't do that is if when they are loading up, man, you still continue to give Zeke the ball and feed him and let everything after that be predicated off of the success of the run game. So my next question was going to be, is this going to be another 45-plus <laughs> pass attempt game in terms of Dak Prescott? And I guess that answer was just given to me by – 
heck, Maharrison, it's this is not going to be another one where you just air it out over and over and over again. Which brings me to another question. Yes, Isaiah, yes, yes, it is, Kyle. Oh, you think yes. it will? Stop be? it! Yes, it okay, okay, we'll stick yes, on this. So, yes. we'll stick on this. Yes. I know, it, I know, we don't have a lot. I know we don't have a lot of time because we have a couple seconds to get through. But is he going to throw the ball forty times this game? Man, okay, okay, he's going to throw the ball forty times this game because one, understand this. Cleveland's going to run the ball on offense, right? Because there's so many different things. We can't just look at one side of the ball. Cleveland's mm-hmm. going to run the ball. Cleveland is going to run six minutes off the clock every time. Not every time, but for a good amount of – every time they get the ball. I don't yeah. say every time. It's not really that. But they're going to – they're gonna, you know, I say they have 12 possessions. You know, at least some of the – these half of those possessions are going to go for about four to six minutes. Okay, so there's not going to be a lot of time left when the Cowboys get the ball. So say Cleveland does score. Right, say Cleveland totes this thing all the way down there, takes time off the clock. Now Dallas is being left with half a quarter. They have ah. to, they have to throw the ball. I around. like that. They have I like to that. throw the ball around because I these like guys, that. these guys are going to be loading the box up. They're not going to allow them to run, just like last week. This is the, this is the pride and joy of their defense, the front seven. So you think they're going to let the pride and joy get disrespected? No, they're going to force you to throw somewhere else. And guess what? That's okay. But. You're not going to be able to run the ball like you want to, and if you shoot, if you do try to run the ball, now you're forced. You're now you're trying to force it, and you're leaving yourself susceptible to long down and distances. Isaiah. That is Isaiah. What you just said was absolutely correct. But just take Cleveland's name off of that statement that you just said and put Cowboys on that, and then they have to deal with. All of the things that you just said, where they don't have, you know, their their clock management is and they're trying to play from behind as well because we've milked a lot of that clock. That's mm-hmm. all. That's that's the hey, game plan. Hey, for hey, the hey, Dallas Cowboys. Very, 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 very true. But also this. Hey, there's a higher percentage. There's a higher chance and a higher probability that you're going to turn the ball over throwing the ball. Would you agree? Absolutely. OK, yes. so they're just going to bank on the fact that I know you said Dax is not going to throw it up. Dak has more turnovers than Baker Mayfield this year, just in case there is any question, right? So whether it's fumbling or whether I think you know, they have the same, they I have the same they amount the of same. Inter- they same amount of interceptions, but Dak has multiple fumbles, okay. right? So so he has more turnovers than Baker Mayfield right now. So he they're going to bank on the fact that hey he'll throw it around forty times and yes we'll give up some plays here and there. They might just try to keep everything in front of them. Right. If they keep that's that's going I feel that's gonna be that's gonna be their game plan. I think they're gonna play off and let these guys throw underneath routes all day long, but they're not gonna allow them to run the ball. And Listen. they're gonna bank that they can, they can hold them in a the red zone and make them kick field goals. I think that's their game plan. Man, the Cowboys just need a, like a ten point lead. They need a ten point lead <laughs> in a football yes, game are. to be able to try to try to get the run going, you know? Um and, and you mentioned turnovers and that's Mike McCarthy continues to hammer the turnover battle. And the reason why is Cleveland's tied, I think, for the most takeaways in the league with seven. Mm. I looked it up. They've got they've scored 34 points this year, or I think 31 off of turnovers so far from their defense. Cowboys have three. Cowboys have scored wow. three points, I believe, off takeaways from their defense. Can't and you and you yeah, and you look at their average start drive so far, like in, against Seattle was their own 19. They're just they're having to drive long fields. They're having to throw the ball too much, and it's all complimentary. You know they need they need help from their defense to get some shorter drives and to try to build a lead because playing from behind, you're like like Isaiah said, man, you're just asking, uh, you're putting yourself in higher risk situations where you're going to have to turn the ball over, and and they just they can't do it because Cleveland will feast off that. That's how they're two and one more than anything. Absolutely. Yeah, they that's have why Baker only ha- only has eighty some throws. Right, Truth when he throwing the ball eighty times. It's really easy, <laughs> also, that. whenever you have and, that and dual that, backfield that is, as well. Yeah, efficient. 
Pac-Man, did you have no, something man. to add? Uh, and, and Kyle, yeah, I did. I just wanted to point out the fact that, you know, uh, Dak Prescott has 43 more completions and 58 more pass attempts than Baker Mayfield and wow. 624 more yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, the same. But look at the records. And yeah. so that is indicative of the game plan. And Absolutely. that's what I'm saying, Isaiah. If you if we're saying that we're going to go into a game like this and our number one thing that we're going to underline and, and circle is abandoning the run. We're not going to have any success doing that. I, I'm saying it's a it's it's an area of concern because right you because you have a like I said you're right now we're weak up front. Call it how it is mm-hmm. in comparison right to, in comparison to where we want to be and where we've been in the past. And where we are weak be. up front. Guess what? They're not. They're strong up front. <laughs> Their front seven is strong. So where we're weak. They're strong. So even if you try to go in there, you try to force it, force it, force it, guess what? Now you're in third and long, right? You punt the ball, and you're giving it back to a team that's going to run the ball efficiently where you're weak, and they're going to run time off the clock, which it, which all adds up to them, guess what, having a lead. And then uh, at a, some point in time in the game, probably around second quarter, you got to say the heck with it, with this run thing. We got we to gotta, we gotta score some points. So what do you start doing? You start throwing. throwing the and ball. they're going to let you throw it. They're going to let you throw it. They're going to let you throw it. Then they're going to try to buckle down in the red zone, and guess what? Give you three points, and guess what? Three points doesn't beat seven points. So that's where this game is going to have is going to go. I think the game's going to go by really quickly. I think it's going to be this, this game's going to fly by because there's going to be a lot of catches for the Cowboys and going to be a lot of running for Cleveland. And it, it it's a tough matchup. They have to be efficient. They have to be efficient. Well, and we're up on the other side of a break here as we get into the final minutes here of talking Cowboys. When we come back. Is this the best defensive front that the Cowboys have faced so far? And I'll ask you a couple more questions as we wrap things up here on this Thursday edition when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. 
This is one of those moments where I wish more than anything we could release the uh, the audio that is shared back and forth <laughs> in between a break and and put that out on a podcast because the debate that we were just having carried over into the break and it, it continues to be entertaining and we may have to uh, may have to carry it into tomorrow as well. But before we get started here in the final couple minutes, whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting playbook and appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Guys, uh, I, I teased this question going into the break, but I've actually got two questions for you. The first one is, out of the first three games, now entering week four, is this the best front seven that we've seen as the Dallas Cowboys looking on the Cleveland defensive side of the football? Is this the best front seven we've seen? And is it the worst secondary we've seen? You don't have to say yes or no to both. It's not one question. They're two separate questions. But uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think because this has been a debate throughout the, the, the office up here at least over the last couple of days in terms of what we're actually seeing on this defensive side of the football, Heckma. And that's a tough one, I mean, because Aaron Donald is like five guys in one. So <laughs> I, what do you – I just have a hard time saying that after the job that 99 did to our offensive line. But I guess if we're just basing it off of names and studs and dudes that have done it for a while in the league, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. Secondary? Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. That's the second part. Go ahead. Yeah, secondary is – it's bad. Okay. So, I mean, I think offensive front line wise, yes, they're, they're really good front, front uh, line wise. But as far as the back half of their defense, no, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Okay. Isaiah? Uh, defensive front, I think the best defensive front we faced was Atlanta mm-hmm. prior, prior to Tack getting, getting hurt. Um, that was going to be an absolute problem um, in, in that first quarter prior to him getting hurt. So I think they had the best front seven. I think this is probably the, the second best front seven. Um, they don't have necessarily one dominant player, but again, collectively, I think they do a, a good job. Secondary, this secondary is going to get torched. Um, I just don't think that they're going to allow big plays to happen. They're going to give up a lot of underneath passes, a lot of out routes, a lot of curls, and anything underneath that they want. I think Cowboys will have their way there, but I think they're just going to be told, don't let anybody beat you over the top, because that's honestly where Dallas has won. Yeah, I'm not sure about their secondary. I guess it might depend on how healthy they are. Um, but, yeah, I'd say they're, it's probably the second best front seven. I mean, like, I'm with Heck on, on Aaron Donald. Like, if you've got Aaron Donald, you're the best front seven. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but Miles Garrett is basically the same type in terms of a guy of that course. can re- wreck a game. He can right. do that. You yeah. know, basically any chance Washington had to come back in that game last week, he, he ruined that with a sack strip fumble. So um, he, he, can, he can turn a game on a dime with a big play and take the ball away from your offense. I think whenever you look at the front seven, and I, I would probably say Atlanta up there as well with Tack McKinley, even though I know Tack McKinley doesn't scare you as much as Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, but I think that whole front that Atlanta yeah. had was probably the best collective unit in terms of what they were bringing to the table. And we saw that in terms of the fumbles and the turnovers in the run game that we saw in that first quarter against the Falcons that just didn't look good. Now, I don't expect that same thing to happen. Hopefully not the same thing to happen against Cleveland because that would be a disaster again. <laughs> but uh, I, I really do like what uh, Cleveland does from a scheme perspective. And Isaiah sold me the other day on the film session. By the way, if you haven't checked it out, go look at it on Cowboys.com because it's extremely insightful. But 
the way that Miles Garrett gets so out wide and the way that Claiborne and Vernon, whenever they need to and whenever they're healthy, can get out wide, I think these tackles are going to have a rough time against this defensive line. I still think the, the secondary is susceptible. I think there's a chance that you can have those big plays, even though I know, Isaiah, you said they're mostly going to give up the underneath stuff. Either way, you're going to have success throwing the football and, and finding it uh, finding the way to get it into the, the weapons' hands in terms of C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson. I think they have a big game moving into this weekend. Is this a, a chance that we go into it, though, looking at it as maybe another slow game for Zeke? I, I know we've talked about the run game and getting it going, but real, quick, we, real quickly before we wrap up, Zeke 100 yards all-purpose or no heading into this weekend? No. Oh, okay. So no, no from just, Isaiah. just like that. Okay. <laughs> there, there you go. Hey, mm. and, and I got to say also, man, that film study that you and Isaiah did was quality uh, because when Isaiah was showing how that wide nine split uh, from Miles Garrett, it's it's a nightmare for a lot of left tackles to see that guy that far away. It's like yeah. that whole split second that he gets to use, it lasts an eternity. And with a guy like Brandon Knight, who uh, Zeke called the war daddy. The war daddy. Uh, yeah, I want to see him take the barroom brawl, if he has that in him, to <laughs> Miles Garrett because he's going to have that time. I mean, because he's spread out so wide. But our offensive line has got to take pride, has to take some pride in themselves. And they hear all the chirping and people like Isaiah staring it up and saying that hey you're going to be on an island by yourself there's a guy that's going to be your friend he's going to beat you down so you know these guys are these guys are professionals too and so they've got to take some pride in the fact that they have the number one running back in the whole league so you got to get that guy off and you know that makes the game so much easier for your quarterback I'll say yes just because I don't I don't love the matchup up front either but I I think they're due to have a lead in the second half where he can eat a little bit. And to- maybe Gosh, Tony Pollard so. can eat a little bit. So I, th- I think uh, yeah, I'll go yes. I'll just be a little, I'll be different here. Yes. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I think he'll get 100 yards here. And I, I think it's because of the fact that the Cowboys should hopefully have a second-half lead against Cleveland. But it'll be a fun one. We'll predict the game tomorrow. We'll give you the final keys as we head into the weekend and get you set up for Sunday's matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns when we come back 9-15 tomorrow. Once again, a little bit early because of the Mike McCarthy press conference. 9-15 tomorrow. Bring it. Say it with your chest Friday. We're going to lay it all out on the table. Bring us your fan questions. Say Let's talk about chest. it. Say it with your chest. We're leading into the weekend. We're going to get back to 500. It's going to be a party at the star. It's going to be a whole ordeal throughout the next couple days. But that's going to do it here for this Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys. For Rob Phillips, for Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!